Guthrie. Welcome to the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I am here with Susan. Yeah, how are you? And uh, we are live. We are live. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, this is our. It's our second. Our second. Uh, time on restream. Yeah, our second time streaming our podcast. So um, I did mention it on LinkedIn. So I don't know if anyone will show up and text us, message us. So if you are on your live, please feel free to say hi or um, and YouTube also. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, go ahead and type them in. All right, Guthrie, today uh, we had talked about a particular topic, kind of, and then it kind of broadened a little. So you want you want to introduce it or you want me to introduce it or what do you want to do? Um, you, could, you, you go right ahead. I mean, I have, okay. uh, I, I, we, yeah. we basically have two topics that we're going to kind of smush into one. So I have a, we're gonna merge I have them. one angle and you have the other angle. Yeah, so why don't we start with your angle, and then I can tell you why I was going to merge it and what I I thought, the larger picture I thought it was part of. I'm tired of passwords. I'm tired of passwords. When I'm I'm really tired is typing in codes that come in on text messages on my phone. I'm over it. So you mean... It, wait, wait, talk, you mean you're trying to log into a particular app and you uh, you type in the password, but that's not enough anymore. So, yes. Right? One, I'm tired of passwords. Two, I'm also tired. So, so <laughs> I love two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication is really, really important in today's modern ecosystem. For those of you who do not know, two-factor means that you have... How many factors? Two. Two. Yes. So, so what does first, that mean? The first factor would be um, uh, a password, right? Okay. So that's one factor, one fa- one way to secure your identity or to prove that yes. you are who you say you are is knowing a password. Okay. The second way then is just another way to make sure if someone had um, stolen your information from a hack somewhere. Uh, then they have a combination of your email and your password. So um, yeah, we, hold on a second because you you froze there. We're having a slight streaming problem. Oh. So, uh, okay. so say again what it, after you enter your password. The second part is. Uh, so the second part is then to have a. a uh, there are good ways to two factor. There are less good ways to do two factor. Yeah. Um, one of the less good ways is actually to use a text message that comes to your phone. So the thought being, okay, you have to know a password, but you'd also have to have your phone nearby, and therefore send a text message to your phone. That then is much more secure. And then they, they give you a code, and then you have to type in the code, and then yes. you get in. Yes, and then you would have to have access to your SMS messages, which is actually pretty simple. And that's the problem. I know. That's the problem. Because if someone steals your phone, then they have it all. That that way of doing the two-factor didn't never made sense to me. Because if they steal your phone, 
No, they, no. Well, hold on, hold on. What? Two factor is still way better than one factor. Okay, I agree like, with that. You but... can spoof SMF stuff. It's it's not the best. There right. are better ways to do it with a phone using an authenticator app. Yeah. Or it's yeah. a random code based on certain. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll all right, but what? But things. but you think that's kind of like barely okay. But what's the part you don't like? Like any of it. <laughs> but but you have to you have to trade off the security with convenience yes it would be really simple if there were no passwords ever right but that wouldn't be very secure right or i say i'll take that back it would be if there were numbers, no need to authenticate right. yourself like right. using wikipedia you don't need a you don't need to get a type in a code you just go right. to the website right, right? right. Um, and it works but of course, that's not very secure, and yeah. so in order to have a higher level of security, we sort of need that. There are new ways of doing such things, of which I will be a guinea pig soon. Really? Yes. Uh, You're getting a chip implanted in your finger. Getting a chip? No, I'm not getting a chip. But You're I'm getting, getting a basically a, getting a chip. What are you gonna do? So there are new ways of doing this that are much more secure, um, and also so so they're they're both more secure and potentially more convenient. Okay. And we can leave passwords in the dust. Okay. So um, I'm one of these, and I am using I'm, I'm going getting um i'm getting a did i did i freeze there you have been freezing on and off but you're with us now okay hmm. let me um i'll i'll keep going uh, how about how about well how about this uh you you can before i explain stuff how about you talk about how this ties in with everything and then well, i will you try and do some tech stuff yeah well I'll, i'm just going i'm just going to uh, just to to uh leave and come back and you don't think that'll interrupt our entire broadcast well i guess he's going to try it and i'll keep talking yeah so you know one of the things that i think that um people don't realize well they probably realize it but i just think they don't think about it enough is that you know i i'm in charge of my app and i want to make sure that when you use my app it's secure and so i build in this two-factor identification verification or i make you you know click on all the pictures that have bridges in them and i do all that and then you know i i'm I'm more sure that you are secure and I think you will like that. But what you may not realize is if I have to go through that, you know, if I want to access your app three times in a day, I have to do that every time. Now that gets really tiring. And not only that, you're not the only app I have to do this with. I have to do this with all my other apps. So it means that we spend, I don't even know, you know how much time and how many steps, but it adds up to a lot. You know, you're just doing this all day long with all these all these different apps. It's um, it's a pain, and I think sometimes that the people who put this together and design it and implement it, you know, top of mind for them is not necessarily that 
this is combined with the other 10 or 12 apps you use, or they, it's just like, well, that's just the way it is. But, you know, Guthrie, it is an interesting point. I mean, how long have we had passwords? Yeah. Okay. So hopefully, I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if this helps. It also might just be, might just be the, not the best network connection. And yeah. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> so the, the, the thing is what I am going to do is I'm trying a big test and I purchased uh, two YubiKeys. YubiKeys. What's a YubiKey? I'm not going to go. So a YubiKey it is a small think of like a usb yeah i've seen i had these once i had one of these once at the university i think gave me hmm. well i'm not going to get into the technical details um, yeah you can go look them up there yeah. are certain we'll just keep it really really broad there are okay. certain new standards of security that one can have okay that uh uses a physical key yeah now it's physical but of course it's a digital and so right. it is called a key and it works in a couple different ways there there are a number of different ways you can do this sort of uh keyless authentication well it's the not first... keyless it is a key sorry uh keyed authentication passwordless um okay uh, screenless Screenless. That's what I. That's that's what I mean to say. Fine. Screenless. Okay. Okay. So All it's right. a very different type of interaction. Um, right. <clears throat> so, uh, one of the ways is that it plugs in via USB. So you actually take this device and you plug it in. You keep it plugged in. You just keep it. When. Plugged. Yes. When it's hooked up, when you, you register your little device. Yeah. To your account. Trying to log into Outlook on the web. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go to Outlook. Presumably, you type in your password. Yeah. Though you may not need to, and you have your your key plugged yeah. in. Yeah. The there's a little in theory one of the ways you can do it. There's a little light that lights up yeah. on your key, and all you do yeah. is just touch it. Oh. And, and then and you're in. And the thing is, right? If you have to be. The key is connected through the chain, and yeah. you have to be sitting there. You have to be physically present with the key. With the key, plugged into the machine that you're trying to access. So if someone is somewhere else trying to, trying to be you, it won't work. It won't work. That sounds better, um, although then that does mean that... Okay, so now I have another question from a user. Well, but, but, let's, but before you get there, let me tell you about some of the other ways you could do it. All right, what? That's that's obviously a great first step, and that's like yeah. instead of typing in codes and waiting for messages and even a right. password. Let's just say you only wanted to do one-factor authentication. Yeah, it's probably more secure to yeah. use a key, and there are other brands, not just you, but to use this type of authentication than a password. So yeah. if you if you wanted to keep it really simple, you could just get rid of all your passwords and on tap. They also make an NFC version. What's an, what is NFC? Not NFT. We're not talking about NFTs. Na Na National Football Conference? Uh, NFC, Near Field Communication. Okay. That NF 
NFC, near field communication. Most phones have this feature. Um, uh, it basically works like it, like a little radio signal. Okay. And when you put two NFC devices, uh, uh, th- think of it's not it's not the same, but uh, it's more similar than that. Think of uh, a, a if you ever go to a hotel. And you have a little card, and you don't put the you don't put the you don't put the card into the hotel. You just wave it near the door. Wave it near, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's that is that's the sort of the way it works. So you just take a key. You could have it on a keychain. You just put it near your phone, and then that it senses it, and you, you unlock it that way. So <clears throat> um, does that make sense? Yeah, there are some UX issues with this. But it's better. I think it's better. Well, I'll be real interested. But, to... uh, but, I, but I should also say you can have multiple keys. Yeah. Well, you could have a bunch of them. keys tied, tied to it. Right? We'd have so to like, have them all over the place. One on your keychain, one on your laptop, one by your desktop. One, right. One in the and living you room. Authenticate. One in your office. Yeah. One in the kitchen. Mm, seems a little unnecessary. Well, just because it's another thing. I have to make sure I have on me as I go from room to room. Well, n- yes and no. Um, I only bring. Let's just assume that you don't that there's a that that as a backup you could get like a text message to your phone if you needed to. Yeah. So I so mean, like if you're in a different room, you could just do. I, I mean I yeah I mean I you know, okay, you live in a in a condo. And it's a very nice condo in Chicago. It's not huge. Uh-huh. So if your key is over there versus over there, not a big deal. I live in a, like a two-story house. I'm going to be upstairs and I'm going to want to do something. And the, I, the key will not be with me. The key will be downstairs in my office. And so, you know, it means that I'm going to have to either... You know, right now, as I go from room to room, I'm carrying my laptop and I'm carrying my my mobile. And so now I'm going to have to do my laptop and my mobile and the key. It's like another thing. You know, I'll just get to the point where I wear it around my neck all You all said to embed it in your hand. Well, I, that's, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm not usually a fan of that, but it gets to the point where I might be willing to do that if it would mean I didn't have to do all this stuff. But yeah, no, I'll be really curious to see to see what you think. And, well, hold, and on. I, what I was, hold on, hold on, hold on. You you're, are doing a lot of interrupting today. Go ahead. What? You are assuming that you're upstairs and you can remember the passwords to all this all your stuff. I've done enough tech support to know that remembering the passwords to all your accounts is not exactly easy either. That's true. But for the stuff I use a lot, I know the passwords. So I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, one would think, one would think that if we can land Rover on Mars, we could have come up with something better it's been a really long time that this has been going on with the password stuff so i i'm i'm hoping 
I, I think the key thing is interesting. And I definitely will want to revisit with you and and see what you think. Now, can are we ready for me to merge this into the larger topic I wanted to talk about? Well, I, I as a segue, I think it yeah. does depend on the device you're using. If you're using a desktop with a yes. bunch of USB slots that can just sit there and yes. plug in all the time, great. Yes. If you're using a mobile phone, don't forget that phones actually have kind of a lot of passwordless authentication built into them. Yeah. Between fingerprint readers and face scanners yeah. and you know that 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 whole thing. I wish that more phones would um, have two-factor authentication as like uh, like like a, like the second factor could be like a random pattern you move your phone in because they have accelerometers, right? So it could be like, uh, like jiggle your phone up and down to twice, left and right twice. That's my pattern. Yeah. Or just like a random pattern. Just follow the pattern on the screen. Oh, do, do, oh do it changes phone, everything. Right? Okay. Right? Like, it'd be a way to, to I wouldn't that mind would prove that. our whole device so so if you're using a phone i do think you have a lot more three-factor authentication options um but certainly yeah ideally the ideal scenario is you're at a desk you have your little usb hub and you can just have your key plugged in yeah or you have the nf nfc <laughs> i'm gonna say nft like a million times um you have the nfc key nearby you just take your phone you you know you put desk and you're good to go i know for example you can um you could carve out a little slot in your desk and put it there so all you have to do is like just wave your phone over a pot a spot on your desk and then you would log into all your stuff yeah but <laughs> but let's talk about context and environment <sighs> You don't want to talk about context. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm waiting. Because because it all a lot of and and I'm going to go beyond the password and the keys and all that and just talk in general about this whole idea of user experience and context and environment. Because I think in the UX world and the user experience world and in the human factors world, you know, if you hear someone give a talk on the important user experience principles to keep in mind, right? Almost always they're going to say, and it's very important that you take the context and environment into account. It's just like one of these principles that are talked about, and we all agree, absolutely, that's important. And then the number of times I see that to sail right on by and was not taken into consideration, uh, it happens a lot. It's really easy to forget how critical context and environment are to all this. So, uh, you know, for example, what I was just talking about. Yeah, this all sounds great, except I, I'm using these passwords on four. I have four different devices. No, five, six, seven. Seven, eight. Different devices in my home. I mean, I have my desktop computer, which is what I'm on right now, in my office, and then I have my laptop, and then I have yeah. my phone, yeah. and then I have a computer upstairs that's my um, 
music studio computer, but I still got to get on things on that. And then I have a laptop that kind of controls my sound system that's in the in in a different room. And then I have uh, two TVs, you know, each of which sometimes need passwords. So it's like I'm not in just one space and I'm not just using one device. And so, you know, now maybe I'm an edge case, you know, and that's unusual for people to have that many devices. Maybe that's true, but it still could happen. But let's even go beyond that. I will tell you, can I tell you a story? Can I, once upon a time, back in the day, okay? Uh, and I've had these stories so many times. When, when we could travel more <laughs> and make site visits more, uh, but even when we could, we didn't. It's, people don't do it enough. I was working on, uh, like I said, there's so many examples, I don't even know which one to start with. I was working on a medical device. And this medical device um, uh, was one where you were going to be able to uh, take a device and, and, and put it over um, a patient who had uh, a device implanted in them. Let's say a defibrillator or something like that, a pacemaker. They had a device planted in them, and you, could, you had a wand that you could put over the device and it would give you information on the device and information on the heart and so on. Um, and we were designing and piloting, you know, new software and a new device and so on. So the idea is the nurse or the doctor would place the wand over um, and it would read it. And then they could, uh, you know, look at the screen or look, actually get it printed out to hand to the patient to take home with them. Here's, you know, here's what, what's going on and etc. Sounds great. Uh, we were in the process of designing it and prototyping it. And I said, let's make a visit to the clinics where this is used. And a few people on the team said, well, we don't have to do that. You know, we've done that before. We did that in the initial research. You know, we know all about the clinic environment. And I said, yeah, but not with this particular device. Well, eventually, surprisingly, I, I won out and we made some clinic visits. And you know what we found out in the clinic? The printer, of course, is not in the room. How many times have you seen a printer in an exam room at a clinic? Like there's no printers in there. So every time you did this, the practitioner is going to have to you know, know which printer it got sent to. Is it going to have to walk down the hall? I'm going to have to get, it's like, hmm, I wonder how practical that is going to be. And that hadn't really come up, you know, and how much, how much are people going to use this? How much are they going to print it out and give it to the patient if they have to go walking down a long corridor every time? You know, is that really going to happen? What if there isn't any paper in the printer? Yeah, it's just like, on and on. So the context, the environment. Um, in another medical example um, that we had, uh, the the uh, this was a, a software that was going to be used by the 
cardiologist during the surgery, during surgery, they're in surgery and there's a screen and stuff comes up on the screen. Well, okay. Uh, has anyone taken into account the fact that when you're in an operating room, the lighting is really different. The lighting is really bright right where the surgery is, but over there where the nurse is monitoring on the screen, the lighting is very dark and it's not as bright. So has that been taken into account? All right. Now, so maybe you're saying Guthrie, well, okay, this is medical. This is special, but it, but it's not, I've seen this over and over. I've seen uh, situations where um, something is designed and it appears on a board way up there, but but the board is really, really high. That means that everybody's going to have neck strain or situations where in order to use it, you have to hold your phone up like this. Well, you know, how, how long do you do that before your arm gets tired? Or situations where I had another, oh, where I love the situations where, you know, well, just, just call uh, if this happens, you know, but you're in an airport and it's really noisy and there's background announcements. And so every time you're trying to listen or talk, it, it it's not able to understand your speech because of all the background noise just goes on and on and on. And I always think, well, here's an example of someone sitting in their cubicle at headquarters or in their home, in their home office, designing this and not paying enough attention to what's going to be the true environment when this happens. This reminds me of, uh, we, we know someone who is a consultant and what he does is he specializes in on in 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 the field uh, research? I love it when you do this because now I'm I, and don't name names because you know no, we're trying. But I'm I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, I wonder who which person is. Okay, keep going, keep going. I'll see if I can so figure out who this he is. Told story. He had a, he he was working with an airline control uh, like on the tarmac with the guys moving the luggage and like really like like this is what they're doing Guthrie, you are freezing again you are freezing again. it's interesting you freeze right when you're in the in telling a story and then we lose the story all right He's on the tarmac. Well, the people are on the tarmac and they um, like when you have to put, when you're putting luggage in, uh, there's a lot of turning. You're picking up luggage and you're turning. And so you have, so the people who are moving this luggage, they just have these crazy strong core muscles. Like you have to have like really strong core because you're twisting. It's a lot of lifting and twisting. And it's just something you never think about unless you were just on the, you know, on the tarmac doing this stuff. So, I mean, that kind of research, that, it's really interesting. If you're yeah, and it, it actually like really getting into the weeds there. Yeah, so you have to, um, you have to, you have to go visit. You have to visit the places where this 
thing is going to be used and and just watch you know and then you'd say well we interview we interview the no that's not enough because even if you interview people if you're not watching them out when it happens they may forget to tell you something they may not realize this something about what they're doing is important you know it, it's just so easy to overlook the context and the environment and the situation uh, unless you go and watch and it's you know we talked a couple of weeks ago Guthrie we did a podcast on how the pandemic has influenced UX work and and we said it's you know you're not going out as much but I, so it's worse now than usual but I will tell you that pre-pandemic when everyone was traveling it still was bad I don't want you know, let's not just say, oh, as soon as, as soon as we can all travel a lot, we'll be better about this. No, we we're never very good about this. So, and I don't know how to, how to make this a higher priority. Um, I'm not sure how to make it a higher priority. How, how do you do that? How do you get people to make these site visits to go out in the field it's a matter not of just wanting do to spend interviews. a bunch of money doing us research and that's always an uphill climb but that's right so but yeah that's it's it's, it's I, I think it's i think it's just that simple yeah it's like are you are, are like you know it's the same argument for money on doing any other kind of user testing user research or anything yeah, and there's usually willing to spend the money. Well, that's 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 what happens. So one thing I would recommend then is when you're putting together your plans for your 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 UX work for a particular project, just from the very beginning, build in the site visit. Just build it in. Just assume you're making at least one round of site visits, in, even before especially before you start design or redesign, I would say. Uh -huh. Now, why are you laughing? Uh, just good luck uh, budgeting time and hotel and travel and being out of the office for a week. And... I, I guess uh, do so. It. Just do it. If you, you know, it may not be a whole week. It may not involve hotel. There might be someplace you can go on a day trip. Might be. Might be. Might be. Yeah, but okay, okay. Think about, yeah, no, I'm not going to buy it. I'm, I don't buy it. Okay. I think it's just, okay. I do agree, it's priority. But you know what? How, back, again, go back to the days when we traveled. And you, you used to have jobs that had a lot of travel in it, right? Can you tell me that, oh, yes, the companies I worked for, has been known to all the travel was really necessary there was never nobody ever did any travel that at the oh, end of it anyone I'm would just, say well we probably didn't need to a do lot that of companies trip. do not make ux spend their highest priority so it's all about budget and allocation and money and a lot of ux departments are operating on modest budgets for what they for what they have and they have to get all their budgets approved or they're, oh, or they don't even have a budget and they're a small slice of like a engineering budget or something. So I, well, I, I, yes, I, I, I agree with you, but what is the use of developing new technologies 
if when you put them out there, they're going to fail. You just, <laughs> that's, that's a waste of money. Oh, let's not spend a thousand dollars and go ahead and implement the million dollar thing. And then it has problems because we weren't willing to spend a thousand dollars on a site visit. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that's the way people think, but I just think it's really critical. If for nothing else, peace of mind to know that you're not going to be surprised, you know, because you do all this work and then you find out something about the field and you go, uh-oh, uh-oh, that's not going to be good. Uh, and then you have to redesign it. What if you knew ahead of time? Wow. Then you wouldn't have gone through all this work. You would have been able to design it. I think more sometimes people are also scared of what they'll find. They Denial. Where everyone's in denial. If we go out there, we'll find out that not only is there something about the environment we have to think about, we'll find out that nobody wants this product. We just came out with a much better way for everyone to do this task. And then you go out there and everyone's like, yeah, we, we just want to do it the old way. Can we, just, can we just enter things? We don't want an automated process. We just want to enter it manually. Now there, all right. So I, that could be a topic for uh, an, another uh podcast, or maybe we can tackle it here. Um, why don't people want to change? <laughs> it's like, why, why, you know, from a psychology and behavioral economics viewpoint, Guthrie, why is it that people just, well, actually it's tied together with not only denial, but yeah, change. Why is it that people get so stuck? Uh, about anything? Yeah, I I have a particular cognitive bias in mind that that explains some of this. Well, you go you go right ahead. Well, I'm thinking about the sunk cost fallacy. Sure. Do you want to explain the sunk cost fallacy? Uh, if you don't, okay. For those of you who don't know what sunk cost is, uh, or what the sunk cost fallacy is. Yeah. Um. We'll remind you can remind them. Do you want to do that? Time, money, whatever, uh, on a project, whatever, whatever it it is. Um, it's really hard to let that loss go because you feel like you've put in a lot into it and you don't get a lot at, at the end of it. And it feels so, like you've wasted, which you have, but it's <laughs> not a cost that you can recoup, right? It is something. Or you can at least stop waste. So, so you don't stop, you know, you, instead of, it's like, oh, this isn't working. We should stop. It's like, well, no, but we've already spent so much money. Let's just keep going and see if we can, if we can make it work. So then you just like keep spending more money even though you know this is the wrong way to go but you just can't get yourself to stop because you've invested so much so far i mean and this applies to all kinds of things like software development projects 
bad relationships, right? I mean, it's just like, well, I've been with this person for three years. Um, I don't want, you know, did I just waste three years of my life? Yes. So stop wasting, don't waste the next three years. So you just stay with the person because, well, we've already been together all this time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sunk cost fallacy. People just unwilling to change course because they've already invested so much. And I, that happens so much with uh, tech technology projects, doesn't it? I mean, I've seen it so many times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, they eventually do end up abandoning it, uh, and they lost much more, much more than, than they did before. I remember... One time, a long, long time ago, I was working with a client who was having financial problems. The business was. And uh, for whatever reason, the, 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 I don't know if he was the CEO or it was a small company, but he turned to me. I was there doing just some consulting on some UX stuff. I was, you know, just a consultant. But one day in some meeting, he turned to me and he said, what should we do? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I am not an expert in this industry and I'm not a business expert. But, you know, he turned to me and asked me and I actually thought, I'm good. Yeah. My honest opinion, uh, get out of denial accept what's going on, take action now. It it will only get worse if you wait, which was actually maybe not a good thing to do because shortly after that, they shut down the company and I lost the consulting project. (laughs) And it's possibly because I had encouraged him to do it. But he asked and that was the, right? Because he was, if the company is failing, why lose another couple hundred grand going on for a few more days but anyway all right Guthrie any other topics you want to do and do you want to talk about any of the our new and upcoming stuff that we've been uh, doing and announcing and is available for people okay you you go right ahead okay so just, I guess, a reminder to people, well, obviously we're doing these and we do these every Wednesday at noon central time, central CST, which is U.S. central time. Uh, if you want to join us and these are, um, uh, it's a LinkedIn live as well as being streamed live on YouTube. Um, we have uh, two immersive courses coming up, one in April and one in July. Um, If you're interested in that, you can uh, find out information about that. Uh, We've been posting on LinkedIn and also you can go to our website, www.theteamw.com and and, uh, learn more about that. Um, I just posted recently, Guthrie, that we uh, uh, reminding people that may not know that we 
um, have a lot of courses that we teach and we offer licenses. If you want to teach those courses in-house, you can contact us and info at theteamw.com if you're interested in licensing any of our courses. And then I also always want to mention, because I don't think we mentioned enough, um, that we have a lot of online video courses uh, that you can access. And Pardon? Live courses. Uh, we have live courses. We have... Uh, but, um, and some of those online video courses are free, right? Mm -hmm. So always something to keep in mind for people who are looking for interesting free stuff. Correct? Correct. All right. Anything else? Um, yeah, I just hoping to, to fill those, fill some more seats. Uh, oh, yeah, the workshops. Yeah, through the April workshops, we have seats open and we have... Um, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway. Early bird, uh, early bird discounts. According to the research, Guthrie, we are not supposed to talk about early bird discounts. We are supposed to frame this as there is a penalty for registering late. Yeah, maybe. I, I think just, we talked about I, That's what the research shows. I, I just can't. It, it's really hard for me to talk about giving people a penalty. Probably I, externalities. I don't know. Anyway, there is an early bird discount if you register before March 15th for the April course, and I think June 15th for the July, June 1st for the July courses. All right. That's it for today. Oh, Wait a minute. I want to say one more thing. If if you guys out there watching and listening have ideas of topics you would like us to cover or guests you would like to, us to have on, please message us, uh, email us, or send us a message. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear your ideas. All right. Thanks, Guthrie. Good luck with your password. Bye. Bye.